This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA Media. I wish, in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Today, former President Donald Trump heads to Waco, Texas, for his first official 2024 presidential campaign and, rally. And this is as Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg postpones Trump's grand jury session into potential hush payments, creating speculation about the weakness of his case. Here to react, John McEntee, former director of White House Presidential Personnel Office and the CEO of the Right Stuff dating app, which we're going to be talking about here in just a moment on Fox News. But first, let's get to this Trump rally as we don't know what's happening in New York anymore. Is it or is it not going to happen with this indictment? Uh, what's your reaction? My reaction is that the president's probably going to come out swinging. I think every attack we saw over the last seven years has only made him stronger. And I think this is becoming a rallying cry for not just conservatives, but everyday Americans who see him as the symbol and them attacking him as, you know, attacking themselves. So I think people are going to rally behind him. I think this is all going to backfire. And um, God forbid something does happen, I think it'll work in his favor. Yeah, I mean, we've seen that in the polling numbers. They've gone up recently as, he's, as the threat of indictment has loomed. Right, yeah. And I think um, with the left, you know, you saw them always accusing Trump of undermining faith in our institutions. But that's exactly what they do. I think that's what they're doing by weaponizing the Justice Department. And I think people are sick of it. Yeah, conservatives are worried about it. I think liberals, they just, they, they make a real effort not to understand the Trump voter. And, um, you know, it's like, oh, DeSantis is going to be great because he's, it's Trumpism without Trump. And I think they're like, why would we want a tribute band? <laughs> when the actual band yeah. is still playing. I agree 100%. I, yes, DeSantis can fill a room, but he can fill it with the kind of energy you want to then leave the room. Like, he's, he does not have the warmth. Well, but on top of it, I, the thing that, so I, I went back a couple weeks ago. Do you guys remember the first debate in 2015? It's August 2015, right? And so the Repub everybody's like, what, what the hell is about to happen? So they did the junior debate first. It was the seven Republicans who didn't get to like 5%. Then they bring them all out. It's 10 guys. The first question, to all 10 of them was, who will raise their hand and say that they won't support the nominee, no matter who it is? Trump raises his hand and the crowd boos. They, I mean, a lusty boo. <laughs> and it's like watching the, the five seconds before Pompeii goes off, before the boo. Is there anyone on stage, and can I see hands, who is unwilling tonight to pledge your support to the eventual nominee of the Republican Party and pledge to not run an independent campaign against that person. Again, we're looking for you to raise your hand now. Raise your hand now if you won't make that pledge tonight. Mr. Trump. So, Mr. Trump, to be clear, you're standing on a Republican primary debate. I fully understand. What then happens is they're booing, and Trump, not a word, gives a gesture. He gives the Trump face, which is like, are kidding me, these jokers around me? Right. And you can actually hear the crowd turn from a boo to a, to right. a shriek of joy, because he's the transgressor. He's yeah. Johnny Rotten of the Republican Party. You will not find anybody who delivers for those he, guys better than him. He, the place where the RNC will give the nominee the nod. I fully understand. And that experts say an independent run would almost certainly hand the race over to Democrats and likely another Clinton. You can't say tonight 
that you can make that pledge? I cannot say I have to respect the person that if it's not me, the person that wins. If I do win and I'm leading by quite a bit, uh, that's what I want to do. I can totally make that pledge. If I'm the nominee, I will pledge I would <laughs> not run as an independent. But uh, and I am discussing it with everybody. But I'm you know, talking about a lot of leverage. We want to win and we will win. But I want to win as the Republican. I want to run as the Republican nominee. This is why there's a certain clique in high school. And you don't understand why are they the cool kids? They have confidence. And the rest of us are insecure. I don't Obvious. So do the numbers back this up, this regular people argument? You know, if Ron DeSantis was doing as well with voters who make less than $50,000 a year as he is with voters making over $50,000 a year, this race would be tied between him and Donald Trump. But in fact, what we see is that Ron DeSantis has a major problem among Republicans who make less than $50,000 a year. I mean, you can see it on your slide right there. He is down by nearly 30 points to Donald Trump among voters who make less, GOP voters who make less than $50,000 a year. And that's the reason why he's trailing in the primary. So his clip doesn't make all that much sense to me, to be honest with you, Aaron. All right. So hold this up for one more second, just as I set up the next question. So you see that um, Donald Trump is doing much better, right, with this group under $50,000. Is that the same way it was for Trump uh, in the last cycles? Yeah. If you look back at 2016, you know, there was this whole idea that Donald Trump ran this populist campaign, right? And he was doing well among, you know, the quote unquote, his quote, poorly educated people. But in fact, there was no real gap on income. He did about as well with voters who made less than $50,000 as he did hmm. with those making more than $50,000. So this year we've seen this income gap really grow and this Trump populist campaign really seem to take off. Okay, so that which is very interesting because and you're talking about things with Trump taking off, right? The context everyone's hearing about is all this legal issue. And is that going to put, you know, take all the bloom off the rose the, such that there was any left? But you're talking about not just income, but also a coalition yes. that appears to be coming together for Trump. Yes. That Democrats would actually like. Yeah, it's very interesting. In a Republican primary, the two groups who Donald Trump is doing very well, well amongst are white voters making under $50,000. He has a double digit advantage with them, as well as non-white voters. This is the type of coalition that Democrats would love to have in a general election. And what we're in fact seeing is that in this Republican primary, Donald Trump is doing what Democrats would love to have and what they used to have. But Donald Trump is doing it himself. They're doing himself with, of course, but I should note with the GOP primary, that's Correct. not a high minority group. No, but they still make up well, nearly 20 percent of, of the GOP electorate. Of the GOP, which is important. Yes. OK, so for people who might say, OK, Harry, but it's important. 20 percent significant. Yeah. Thanks. Okay, it's Saturday, 25 March, Year of Our Lord, 2023. By the way, as we put these together in the morning, that is not on Denver. Our our our, our uh, distribution partners are Real America's Voice. The F-bomb was, was a miss on our part for the audience, you know, close the ears of the kids. But it was quite a telling there. Um, very important. Here's what's happening. We're going to talk about Waco. We're going to talk about politics. We're going to talk about polling, the bank crisis, the financial crisis, geopolitics, all of it. We're going to get into all of it today um, for the next two hours. It's it's the kickoff to the Waco weekend. Also, John Fredericks, I think we're trying to track him down uh, to talk about East Palestine, our big two-day special out there in East Palestine with Real America's Voice and the entire team. Uh, Politico uh, has a story about the um, – and remember, Politico and NBC News, two huge stories breaking this morning. The lead on Politico and the lead on the NBC, not MSNBC, NBC News site by Jonathan Allen and the great team they got over there. Uh, these two stories, uh, the Politico story is about uh, the beer track and the wine track in the Republican Party. And they're saying Trump just so dominates the beer track, which are, um, you know, um, People making under $50,000 a year, they call them uneducated. We call them very educated because it's the war room posse. And this is the most complicated show in all media throughout the world. And you guys love it and just want more and more information. Um, Trump's dominating in that. And then NBC has got the tell because it's a meeting they had, I think, yesterday or Thursday and it's uh, a big donors and the 16 major people around the, the DeSantis effort. And it's basically failure to launch in the book tour. But let's be brutally frank here. The, 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 it's just not – you step up on the big stage, you're either ready or you're not. You saw Donald Trump right there and the Bill Maher. We actually cut – did the cuts back to that first debate. 
he was ready from the get-go. That's the very first debate. And we're trying to cut right now the Megyn Kelly. Where Megyn Kelly tried to kneecap him moments later. And people got to understand, when you're on live stage with the whole world watching you, and they're tossing these things up, you've got to be on it. You've got to be quick. Look at that Trump right there. Trump uh, was calm, cool, collected, had a great, great answer, right, for will you support the Republican nominee. And the key thing there is the, is the big, lusty boo when he first said it. And then he gave his, his reason for it, turns to cheers, okay? Uh, we got a lot to go through today, including the reality of this primary. And, you know, I want to tell all of Trump's enemies, because we know the producers, all these other shows, Watch this and the CCP intelligence. Watch it because we trash them every day and uh, law enforcement, all of it. Suck on this. Your efforts, because you can't beat him at the polls. We, you can't beat him at the ballot box. We know that because you didn't beat him in 2020. Trump won. Okay, Trump won. Suck on that. We know Trump won. Didn't close, but he won. He's going to run the tables this time because... The nation, the bottom's falling out of everything. The convergence of the geopolitical military crisis and the global financial crisis brought on a created crisis by our elites, particularly the illegitimate figurehead they have at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. The worse it gets, the better Trump does. And right now, all you've got, you couldn't prove any crime, so now you gotta, all, you're doing conspiracies. Conspiracy in New York, a conspiracy in, uh, in Georgia a conspiracy in Mar-a-Lago, and a conspiracy at the J6. You got nothing, zero, zip. And all it's doing is galvanizing the American people around President Donald J. Trump. I want to bring in Liz Harrington, senior communication strategist for the president. Liz, uh, just give me your assessment of our open. Bill, and Bill Maher says, you know, why do you want to have a tribute ban when you got the real thing and that liberals don't understand and the Republican rhinos don't understand the Trump voter ma'am? Well, they never have. And actually, I think they don't want to understand them because they don't like them. They they actually have disdain for the average American. They don't want regular Americans to be able to choose who leads them because guess what? They'd never choose them. <laughs> they would not choose these feckless, awful so-called ruling class elites, and they're nothing of the kind. And I think what we're seeing is that realization come to this donor class. You know, whatever assurances they had tried to give Ron DeSantis, you know, don't worry about it, stay out until we'll take care of Trump. The indictments will come. Well, now there's a recalibration going because they realize whatever sham charges they try to bring up, it's going to backfire like it has for the past seven years. And he'll only get stronger. And the people are going to rally around President Trump like we've never seen before today in Waco. I mean, this is just the beginning. And more and more people see it. They see the ruling class showing their true colors. They've had enough of it. And once you have the real thing, I think this is the key of President Trump's success. I mean, we haven't been used to it before President Trump came along because we haven't had it in so long. It's been decades since we had a real true leader who actually has integrity, who's the same, no matter the audience, no matter if he's in private or public, he's true to what he believes and he delivers on those beliefs and convictions. That's true leadership. That's what America needs. It's common sense. And once you get that, you're not going back. You're not going to go back to the same old finger in the wind, you know, consultant class telling these candidates what to do. Because, frankly, they have no integrity yeah. and everything they do is a lie because yeah. they don't actually believe in it. And it yeah. changes all the time. So the people are smart. You know, you nailed it, too, Steve, when you said this audience is smart. Oh, the so-called uneducated. No, they're actually the most educated because they have the most common sense Big and time. they make this country Big run. They, they know who President Trump is. He knows who they are. Exactly. Yeah. They're on, it's on it's on their shoulders. Liz, hang on. We want to keep you for the next block. John Fredericks is also going to join us. I want to the buried lead there is what Bill Maher. So sad, I know he's, he's not a Trump fan, and that most of the audience hates him, but he's a smart guy. He said they have confidence, and what I would say is that we got the swagger back. You know where it came when Donald J. Trump went to East Palestine, Ohio, and then started putting out these policy videos that, that separates him from the controlled opposition running against him. Okay, short commercial break. 
John Fredericks, Liz Harrington, next in the war room. In my younger days, I was a naval officer on a destroyer. In fact, I was the A-gang officer in charge of all the engineering systems that were not main propulsion. And one of those was air purification. And I can tell you, the standards of the United States Navy are second to none. If all home air purifiers are the same, why did the U.S. Department of Defense select EnviroCleanse to protect and purify the air on board our Navy ships? Because EnviroCleanse, advanced mineral technology, goes beyond ordinary HEPA filters to destroy airborne illness-causing cold and flu viruses, including COVID. EnviroCleanse is the new science in air purification, and now you can order one for your home. This is how you help stop colds and flus from taking your whole family down. This is how you destroy allergy and flaming toxins and mold from the air your family breathes. In fact, this hospital-grade technology is so powerful that it promises far fewer colds and allergies and better sleep. Visit ekpure.com. That's ekpure.com and use the code STEVE for 10% off your EnviroCleanse home purification unit. You also receive a free air quality monitor, plus fast, free shipping. That's $150 savings right there. That's ekpure.com, code Steve. ekpure.com, code Steve. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bath. You know, I, I, Lindell's going to join us in the second hour. He's getting ready to head out to, to Waco. Um and, and once again, because Mike's doing a thousand things, we were laughing this morning. We, I think we were talking at five o'clock in the morning, and we di- didn't get many hours of sleep, but we got great sleep because of the products of MyPillow. Go to MyPillow.com, promo code WARN. You get MyPillow 2.0. That baby works. MyPillow 2.0. Buy one, get one free. Plus, if you go to our square, they got all the discounts, all the inventory clearances. They got everything. Topper sheets, all of it. MyPillow.com, promo code WARROOM. Go check it out right now. I'm going to get back to Liz in a second. I, I just I want to tee it up. i got Fredericks here, but I want to tee up when Liz comes back. Because, and I want to say this again, you are, first off, we're probably the largest audience in the world when you add it all up globally. But its size doesn't matter in this regard. It's punch. And, and the, the, you are activists. This is the activist show, right? the human agency show. And we cover complex um, issues and we don't dumb them down. We, we had Stephanie Pomboy on yesterday, who's fantastic. Her first appearance here, she's one of the top macro, she runs Macro Mavens, one of the top macro strategists in the world on Fox all the time, CNBC on the time. And she was a little hesitant to use like the Greenspan, put the types of things, in, in inverted yield curve, the types of things that you, this audience now knows or is getting comfortable with over the last couple of years. Russ vote the same way. Russ, I'm going to play some clips from last night. Russ uh, is, is amazed by the punch this audience has and how important this audience is to drive the conversation, to drive the narrative, to drive um, you know, policy. In particular, in, this, in, in Russ's case, we got to stop the spending. It's the um, the prioritization of payments, right? To just take the cash as it comes in, pay for the never default on the debt, and force these guys to have massive cuts to the federal budget. Today, uh, the Guardian, Politico, and NBC News. And if you had to throw the, you know, th- those are three of the top six or seven. You had to throw the FT, the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, and WAPO. Okay, those are the other four. But you had these three, Politico, The Guardian. Guardian's out of, out of um, Manchester originally, but it's the UK now, I would guess. The most, the, that's the most progressive newspaper in the world, best edited. You've got the Politico, owned by the Germans now, but still the, 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 the go-to for politics, although totally left-wing. And, of course, NBC News. The Guardian, I think it's Dave Smith wrote it, Trump hater. I got it up on Getter right now. If you go say Trump hater, it's, it's saying Trump lives rent-free in Americans' heads. Boom. Just they're throwing in the towel saying, okay, you can't, this guy's a phenomenon. Uh, Politico, 
Trump versus DeSantis. DeSantis has got the wine track, the white wine track. Trump's got the beer track. Beer track is like 80% of the votes. Um, Then you've got the NBC, which is the biggest tell of all. And this is a brutal article, and it is incredibly well-sourced, and it's written by real people. John Allen, Jonathan Allen over there, I think, on the left is one of the he's like a Jonathan Swan. These are these are old school good reporters, well sourced. That is a brutal story, ladies and gentlemen, because that is the inner sanctum of the DeSantis operation, and they understand something we've been saying. There's a failure to launch on this book tour. Didn't happen. Numbers went in reverse. Number one, he didn't own the material. For instance, on Ukraine and other things. We're gonna get to that in a second with Liz. What Bill Maher said is that they got the they got confidence like the cool kid the cool kids table they have confidence I call it swagger. We didn't really have swagger when he launched in November. We got swagger now. And the more you put pressure on Trump, the more you try to encircle him, he's the best counterpuncher in the world. You can tell his back's up, and we're rolling right now. John Fredericks, the inflection point brother for Donald Trump's uh, 2024 presidential campaign was East Palestine, Ohio, going out there. We're going to be there this week. Talk about that. Talk about how that was an inflection point for Trump. That that and doing these every day, these short two-minute policy videos, because once you see the policy video, you go back and look at Nikki Haley or Tim Scott or Ron DeSantis, and what you see is same old, same old. Trump comes at it from a populist, nationalist perspective, right? Totally different. Uh, John Fredericks, the importance of East Palestine, Ohio, in the 2024 presidential race, sir. Going to East Palestine, President Trump basically launched his presidential campaign for 2024. And what it demonstrated is basically the difference in depth of our movement and everybody else. Everybody else was afraid to go there. They were scared of what the media would say. They didn't care about the people. Once again, President Trump went there and said to working people, you called them what? The beer set, the chips and beer set. He went there and he said, hey, I got your back. Just like I had your back in 2008, I've got you. I've got this. This reignited his campaign. This has been the catalyst. And I tell you what these videos are, and I'll get to East Palestine in a minute. You nailed it. Because he's doing these videos. These are policy and they're in great detail. And the absolute veracity of those, Steve, and the depth of them as compared to these empty suit, vacuous, uh, pansy statements being made by these people, you contrast to, you know, that to DeSantis's uh, tour with the book tour, which has been a total bomb. His polls numbers are tanking. Piers Morgan, people are saying, hey, I got to get back to the real deal. Liz Harrington said something the other day on my show. Nailed it. She said, the problem is now that Our base is accustomed to the authenticity of Donald Trump. They see right through the nonsense. That's why DeSantis' press conference on Monday was such a disaster. Maybe seven years ago that wouldn't have mattered. Now, it's like, no, we know what the real thing is. That ain't it, Ron. That's why his campaign is tanked. Now, let me get to East Palestine. Nobody's gone there. We're going. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Stephen hang K. on, Bannon, hang on, hang, hang on. Go ahead. Hang, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on one yes, second. Because uh, before we pivoted that, you just hit a great point that Liz just said. You know, these guys poll test, finger in the wind, and uh, focus group. Seven or eight years ago for Trump, that would have worked. But now because of, uh, like, Real America's Voice, um, all these podcasts, Worm include your show, include radio shows, the TV shows, not the Fox News, but the level of detail. I keep saying people are looking for authenticity and they're looking for somebody who's going to fight, not some wimp. Somebody's going to stand in the breach and fight. You're absolutely correct. And Liz nailed it. People can tell when DeSantis came out, they knew that was focus group. They knew that was poll tested. They knew the way that he did, you know, he, he paused and came back and did the porn star and the hush money. They're not that that doesn't work anymore. That might have worked in the old days. It does not work today. And that is why the Republican establishment and that's why the Nikki Haley's a failure to launch. Tim Scott will be a failure to launch. Right. They're all going to be failures to launch because they're playing out of the same old playbook. Mike Pompeo. I love Mike Pompeo. The CPAC speech was a disaster. It doesn't work anymore. They want authenticity. 
They want competitive heart, and they want somebody who's going to be the trenches. We're fighting to take our country back, and on the world stage, we're fighting to not just save our country, but the world. John Fredericks. When you've been fed real U.S. prime beef steak by Donald Trump for seven years, and then you walk in and somebody hands you a plate of tofu and calls it steak, you spit it out. That's basically what is happening here. People are seeing through this nonsense because President Trump, President Trump was able to show us real authenticity. And that's why none of this stuff, like you just said, is ever going to work. They can do all the focus groups they want. They're all still doing that. They're all still going to consultants in D.C., making all this money. And if you really look at DeSantis on Monday, that was his Edwin Muskie moment. It destroyed his campaign. He's done because it was so scripted and so ridiculous. And they think they're so cute. That's the other thing. They think they're so smart and so smug and they scripted this out and they planted the question and they threw in the hush money and the porn star at the end, right? And they said Soros DA 19 times. Oh, aren't they so brilliant? Guess what? It blew up in his face because people saw that after 72 hours and said, that's who you are. That's how you're going to define yourself to me. I'm taking a look at you. Hey, I don't think so. Give me the stake over there because my country's hanging by a thread and that ain't the answer. That's why it's done. Tell me about uh, East Palestine, the importance of it, the importance. We're going there for the people, but the people in East Palestine have to understand something. You're symbolic for this nation and for the world right now. John Fredericks. Well, listen, Steve. I said this the other day. This is why yourself and me and Rob Sig, this is why we put our capital and everything else on the line to build this network for East Palestine, for something like East Palestine. When no one else would go, no one else would give anybody there the time of day, no one knows who still to this day call the shot for the controlled burn, what their future is, their real estate uh, values have dropped to zero. Nobody cares about them. So we're going to go out there, John Fredericks Media Network, Rob Sieg, RAV, Steve Bannon, War Room. We're going to go out there two days. We have a two-day town hall meeting. We want everybody to come. Mo uh, Tuesday, March 28th, from 6 a.m. until your show ends at 7 p.m. We're going to be there. we got a tent in the back. We're at the famous, original Roadhouse Grill, in East Palestine. Now, if you're in East Palestine, Monday, 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. at the end of Steve's show. Then on Tuesday, 6 a.m. the noon. So if you, uh, I'm, 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 I'm sorry. Tuesday, no, no, Tuesday the 28th, Tuesday. 6 a.m. Yeah. to 7 p.m. And then Wednesday. <laughs> so Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday till noon. We have a tent in the back. Don't be concerned about the overflow. There'll be plenty of food there. But we want to hear from you. Now, we've invited everybody. Right. We've invited the fire chief, the mayor, the yep. whole bunch of them, all the uh, elected officials. But the main purpose of this is we want to hear people from you. You tell us what you're going through there and we're going to bring it to the John, national audience John, so we can tell your story John, and, your, and your plight. John, 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 we're going to go to break. Just hang on for a second. We've got Liz Harrington, senior communication strategist for Donald J. Trump. John Fredish of the John Fredish Radio Show. Short break. Back in Real America's Voice. Warm. Just a moment. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. Uh, John Fredericks, one more time. The East Palestine uh, schedule, we're going to be there to people who want to meet as many folks as possible. Hear your stories, and we want the nation to hear your stories. John, give it to me one more time, and then I want to hear your, um, your picks for the weekend. Tuesday, March 28th, 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. We're all going to be there. Please come. We want to hear your stories. And then Wednesday on March 29th in East Palestine, 6 a.m. the noon, we're going to end with the uh, first edition of the War Room Show. And th this is at the original Roadhouse Grill in East Palestine. Everyone knows where it is. Easy to find. The restaurant is ours. You can have seating there. We'll have seating in the back in the tent we want you to come, be a part of it. We want to hear your story. If you're in East Palestine, if you're in Western Pennsylvania, you've been affected, or anywhere in Eastern Ohio, 
Please join us on Tuesday the 28th and Wednesday the 29th. East Palestine abandoned no more. Yeah, it's a big article today. We'll get it up in the Daily Mail about uh, the the runoff dumping in, I think, to the Chesapeake Bay. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. I'll pull that up later. I saw it early this morning. John, what are your, 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 side, your side hustle is the sports book. Uh, who, what are your picks for the for the degenerate gamblers on my staff? What are, what are your picks for the weekend? March Madness, I've been hot as a pepper. Go to GodzillaWins.com. GodzillaWins.com. You get my Saturday and Sunday picks there. I'm 8-4 and four so far in the tournament. So you're up big uh, today. I like two games. Wow. Gonzaga, plus 2.5. I love Gonzaga. Take the dog here. I love Gonzaga. And... I love Florida Atlantic University over Kansas State. Kansas State is tough, big 12, but all Florida Atlantic does is win, and uh, you're going to get two there. Take the two dogs for Sunday's games. Just go to GodzillaWins.com. GodzillaWins.com. Make your staff a little jack for the weekend. John Fredericks, thank you, and thank you for putting this together with Rob Sig out in East Palestine. Thank you very much. Thank you, Steve. Liz, how uh, Liz Liz Harrington, uh, senior communication strategist for President Trump and former executive editor of the War Room, ma'am. Uh, how big a deal was President Trump going to? You talk about authenticity. Trump going to East Palestine. What's your assessment of that? Well, I think it was huge because really it's reminding people of the same old story. You know, you talked about you know the confidence and why that's returning to the American people. We had confidence under President Trump's first term. And why did we start to get that? When he started, when he came down the escalator and told everybody what was happening in their own words, and they said, yeah, th- we're sick of this. And we're sick of being knocked around. And East Palestine is a, a prime example of them knocking around the best of America. And we're not going to take it anymore. And I think him showing up, which only he could do, he, he is the only leader who was willing to do it, but who has the hearts of the people and who has their back. And so him doing that when the Biden regime totally abandoned them, still has abandoned them, weren't even going to show up at all. Uh, they finally sent, you know, Mayor Pete uh, and it was a disaster, but they would have never done anything had President Trump not shown up. And it's really emblematic of, of what's been going on in this awakening uh, over the past seven years, uh, this realization that America is great and we're losing it and, and we're losing it unjustly because it's not the decisions that we've made. We've worked hard. We've done everything we could. We we just want a shot at the American dream. But these so-called betters, these so-called fake phony elites, these corrupt class of people, they're the ones who are making all these decisions to not the benefit of the American people or our country, but to themselves. And they're selling us out and they're destroying us in the process. I mean, that awakening, it's continuing to this day. And as more time goes on and as more corrupt they get, the more people wake up to that fact and the stronger our movement grows. I think that's really what East Palestine is about. I'm so glad you guys are going because these people can't be forgotten. This is going to be years, years the aftermath of this. And we have to have their back, and President Trump always will. The uh, Politico is a, and the reason we push so many of the stories out is because we want uh, our audience to be insiders. We want to get the information that the insiders are getting. Today, people should have to understand that these are because in these presidential campaigns, both the primaries, and there's so much money involved. And, and, and for the professional political class, the consultants, the media types, the advanced people. I mean, this is a business. Part of it is a business, and they're in the business. You see today you have Politico has just a brutal assessment of where this primary stands right now with President Trump's dominance that really dovetails Harry Enten. Now, Harry Enten's the CNN polo. That's the one we've been playing off Erin Burnett. Uh, And you could tell she was shocked by the numbers. Harry Enten is probably as straight a shooter as you can get in left-wing media. Right. And he's talking about Trump's full dominance of the kind of the beer, the, the beer segment. Right. The beer vertical, um, which is the working class, the 50,000 in the non-college educated. The uh, and remember, when you talk about the wine, the white wine class. Remember, most of their parents, they come from the beer class. So it's not like they, they can they can easily move back and be one back. You've got then the guardian that hates Trump. 
that's saying he's living rent free right now because of this. And you just saw Bill 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 Maher is another anti-Trump hater. He says, "Hey, they got confidence. They have swagger." But Liz, the one that is written by professionals for professionals, this NBC piece that says in the inner circle in in the the outer ring of the inner circle, sixteen uh, people associated with uh, with DeSantis, they are extremely nervous. They're extremely nervous, and I know some of the biggest donors are really nervous that they saw a fa- this book tour is supposed to like you know spring him into the lead, not even close. In fact, he's going in reverse, and there's a number of reasons for that. One is John says this this horrible, uh, you know, poll tested, focus grouped. Worked on all the weekend statement he had on Monday about the president's legal situation, but also the Piers Morgan thing was a disaster. The Ukraine original statements, which tried to uh, emulate Trump, but didn't go there. Then he backed off it. It's just not ready for prime time. Your assessment of these three articles and what do they tell us about this race today, Liz Harrington, as we're getting ready for this massive rally in Waco, Texas. Well, they tell us a lot. And one thing that we were talking about before, this authenticity, I mean, there's a reason why President Trump doesn't have to focus group everything you know, he says or puts out on Truth Social, because he's lived it. I mean, he said, my whole life has been a fight. And he has worked, he's had to work and scrap for everything he has in this life. And he's been around working people his entire life. So he gets it. There's an understanding And that's why I think he loves this country so much as well as he loves the opportunity. I mean, there's no country like it. And to make it uh, whatever you want, I mean, that is what he embodies, the American dream. These other people, they'll never get it. They'll always have to focus group it because they haven't lived it. And they aren't uh, true. They aren't real. And so I think that's his number one problem. And you look for Ron DeSantis. And because so you come in these critical points and not just in a campaign, but really in our nation's history, okay? If they go down this path, which they clearly are telegraphing, not just in New York, but going down the path in D.C., they're harassing our campaign with taxpayer-funded sham investigations in Georgia, everywhere else. They're trying to arrest their number one political opponent. If that happens in the United States, and that is a line in the sand, that is a line that we, if we cross, there's never going back. And so when that issue comes up and you're silent and then before you finally say something, it's so obvious that you had a bunch of handlers telling you what to say and coaching you and you look over to the side and you're trying to figure out the planted question in the audience. I mean, I'm sorry, no one's buying it. And you just had your moment of real leaders when there's a a choice like that. You just chose the other side. And the people could see right through it. So I think that is destroying his campaign. And all these people behind the scenes who thought that they could use this other empty vessel uh, to get rid of Donald J. Trump, well, now they're having second thoughts. Now they're going to think, you know, what's our plan B? What's our plan C? Because you know they're going to come up with them. But the fact is, no matter what they come up with, it's AstroTurf. And that is the number one problem for Ron DeSantis, okay? This book tour. No one's clamoring for this book from Ron DeSantis, okay? It's funded by the Murdochs. Fox News went to where he's from, where he represented in Congress in Florida to a diner and could not find a single person, at the height of his book tour, couldn't find a single person who was DeSantis first. They were all for Trump. Even the person with the DeSantis shirt, I like Trump. I mean, it's AstroTurf. It's not the real thing. And that's why movements like that, and once the sunlights shine on them, you, you just see there's nothing actually holding it up. It's not real. That, that will never happen to the Make America Great Again movement because it's all real. Yep. Everyone in it is real. They believe in yep. it. President Trump believes in it. And we know how important it is. It's a time to save America. And if you're not serious, just get out of the way. We told you we would break the Murdochs and uh, in demand and force them to have coverage of President Trump. There's going to be a one hour, I think, on Monday, Liz, special Sean Hannity. I think he's going to Mar-a-Lago down to interview President yes. Trump one-on-one for an hour. So, so the, the, look, the Murdochs are all, all about money and power. They do not care about the United States of America. They do not care about MAGA. They don't care about any of it. In fact, they're part of the uniparty elite. They just give you the other side 
they they suck you in with all the shiny toys. They never want to get to the to to the main event, to the thing itself. They are now they they're they're smart enough to be able to understand the numbers, and they understand this thing shifting rapidly. It was after my CPAC speech and after DeSantis's this phony press thing on Monday where he didn't defend, come in and defend the president, because you you got to do it right now. You, you must do it. Even if you hate Trump, you've got to come in and defend him for what they're trying to do. And I think we're trying to get Professor Alan Dershowitz on this morning to talk about that, to talk about get Trump. Um, and and now the Murdochs are going to, now for not covering him and for being the DeSantis, uh, you know, the Murdoch-DeSantis network, nonstop, nonstop. They were on the book tour. Kilmeade, when he went around that, when he went around that <laughs> restaurant and didn't get one taker, that's 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 called uh, that's called uh, face plant. They understand that's why they're giving him an hour. I think with Sean. I think it's Monday night. Uh, so uh, Liz, uh, fantastic work. You're absolutely correct. It's about authenticity. It's about fight, and it's about competitive heart. Uh, Liz Harrington, how do people uh, track you? Uh, your your great uh, social media and everything you're putting up. How do people get to you? Go to Truth Social at Real Liz USA and, and go check out what President Trump's been truthing out. They've been absolute gems lately. So check it all out on Truth. Thank you very much, ma'am. Okay, um, we're gonna go to break. We're gonna take. We're gonna get. Uh, we got another block to go. We're trying to get Professor Dershowitz up. Uh, we're trying to. We got Cynthia Hughes is going to join us. She's been down in uh, in West Palm Beach with the president. We're going to get to her. we got Mike Lindell. we got a lot to go through. We're going to talk a lot about capital markets and economics. Uh, right now, i got a chart up on Getter. That's what we got to go to Getter. Maybe we can pull it. It shows you the Chinese Communist Party is there. They're also dumping U.S. Treasuries. They're dumping the U.S. Treasuries. They're now under a trillion dollars. I think they're at $800 billion held. I think their peak was $1.3. they are dumping that to buy gold. Right now, you saw Navarro on yesterday about his macro course. We're trying to get the audience as up to speed as possible on everything they have to know about macroeconomics. Very important, even if you never went to college, even if you never took a college course, or if you went and didn't take this. Make sure you go to uh, birchgold.com slash Bannon. You got the free series of uh, the end of the dollar empire. The politics of money is the first free um, uh, download you can get. The second one is the end of the dollars of prime reserve currency. The third is the debt trap, talking about the debt ceiling and our negotiations in it. Make sure you go, you get free information kits. Go to birchgold.com slash Bannon right now. Get all of your free information. Short commercial break. We're going to be back in the warm in just a second. The new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. Okay, welcome back. Professor Alan Dershowitz joins us from Harvard. Um, he's got this new book, Get Trump. I'm going to get to the book in a second, and particularly President Trump has put it up on True Social and is promoting it. Professor, um, you've dedicated your life to the law and to the teaching of the law, to the Constitution. What we have here, I, what, what shocks me is that the institutions that are th- this rabid foaming at the mouth to actually get Trump. It's much deeper than just President Trump. You have the New York uh, District Attorney, which is a re- used to be a revered institution, the Southern District of New York. You've got uh, the federal court in, in Washington, D.C. You, you have these institutions of people who went to the best law schools, who worked at the best law firms, the white shoe law firms, who have worked at, you know, as prosecutors or DAs at these revered institutions and it is now like a banana republic. How did that happen? And how deep and serious is this problem for a nation, even besides President Trump, sir? Look, I never would have written the book at Trump if it was just about President Trump. I've written books about him before. This is about the corrosive effect of Get Trump and similar approaches on the rule of law. And it's very, very serious. Judges are afraid now to do anything 
that will be seen as enabling Trump or helping Trump. They know they'll be treated the way I was treated, uh, totally dismissed by friends and family on the left, just because I defended him on the floor of the Senate. Jurors would be afraid to render a verdict in favor of Trump for fear that they would be ostracized in their community. An atmosphere of, of fear and hatred has been created so that if anybody dares, dares to do anything that's perceived as not only pro-Trump, but pro-Constitution, they are uh, completely, completely canceled. And you don't expect people necessarily to uh, take the kinds of risks. Look, I have a thick skin, but my wife has been attacked. My family has been attacked. Um, my wife went to a gym and a woman walked in and said, that's Alan Dershowitz's wife. He defended Trump. I can't be in the same room as him. Uh, Caroline Kennedy, the daughter of President Kennedy, was seated next to me at a uh, dinner party. And she said, if I knew you had been invited, I would never have come. That's the kind of treatment people can expect if they try to apply the rule of law. And so the hard left has been successful in terrorizing centrist people, good judges, good prosecutors, good jurors, into fearing for their own safety and their children's safety and their integrity and their reputations if they do anything, anything that's perceived as a pro-Trump or pro-Constitution on behalf of Trump. That's how serious this question is now. I want to go back. You're saying judges. Drill down on that for a second. It's bad enough these prosecutors. You, you actually believe that judges have been intimidated by the left here in, in, in either looking the other way or not rendering the types of judgments that they would normally render, sir? Absolutely. I have no doubt about that. I know judges. I taught many of the judges who are now sitting on the federal and state benches. They are terrified of not being promoted, of being ostracized. Anybody who's perceived of as having enabled or done anything to support Trump's return to the presidency, their career is over. Their career is ruined. They will be canceled in every possible way. And, and it, of course it affects judges. It particularly affects elected judges like in New York. But it also affects appointed judges. Every district court judge wants to be a court of appeals judge. Every court of appeals judge wants to be a Supreme Court justice. Can you imagine any judge rendering a decision in favor of Trump getting promoted by this administration or in the city of New York, in Manhattan or New York State or Washington, D.C.? It's unthinkable. And everybody knows it. And judges are human beings. Judges have to go home to their wives. I know when I defended Trump, I had to go home to my wife and my family and my friends, and and they were not on my side. Uh, they said, you know, all right, you believe in the Constitution, we understand that, but can't you make an exception for Trump? And I said, no, I won't make an exception for Trump. And it's had a big impact on my life, and people know that. And people have told me they don't want to be Dershowitz. They don't want to have happened to them what happened to me? And of course, this affects judges. Of course, it affects jurors. Of course, it affects prosecutors. It affects everybody in the legal system. It affects law students. It affects law deans. It affects literally everybody. Nobody wants to be treated that way. I've been canceled by institutions that had me speak for years and years and years and years. They don't want anybody who had any connection with Trump, whether in representation or defending his rights and defending the constitutional rights. So this is a kind of new McCarthyism that has permeated our society, and it's going to only get worse, not better. Let's go back. Uh, I want to ask about the moment you made the decision to defend President Trump in the, in the first impeachment. When you weighed and measured it, why, against all the pressure you knew you were going to get from all your associations, friends, family, institutions, why did you make that decision? Because my life would have otherwise been hypocritical. I defended Nazis. I defended communists. I defended O.J. Simpson. I defended Jeffrey Epstein. And if I wouldn't defend Trump, people would say, oh, my God, you just select and pick. No, no, I defend the Constitution on behalf of everybody. Now, I'm not making comparisons between Trump and some of these other people. I'm just saying that if I accepted my wife's advice, my family's advice, my children's advice, and did not defend Trump, I couldn't live with myself. I couldn't say that I've lived a life of principle in which I always put the Constitution before politics or before personal interests. So I had to do it. People ask me if I regret it. Well, I regret the consequences, particularly to my, to my children. Um, 
you know, I have a member of my family who was thinking about changing her name because she was so proud of the name Dershowitz. I had done so much good and people loved me for defending some people that they like. But once I defended Trump, she was thinking about changing her name because she was getting terrible pushback from people uh, in her profession and everywhere else. And so nobody wants to bear those costs. And so today, the social pressures have become weapons in the war against uh, the Constitution. And people insist on putting, and I understand it, their personal interests over the interests of the Constitution. I won't do that. Uh, I have suffered severe consequences. I wrote a book called The Price of Liberty. But I'm going to continue to do that. Professor, but can, I for my family. Can, 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 you hang off just for, can you hang off for just 90 seconds? We're going to take a 90-second break. We're going to return with Professor Alan Dershowitz of Harvard in a moment. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67% and do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out. 